Welcome to the Kara's Cures digital show and podcast where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. Well, with the holiday season approaching, does that mean uh, you're going to have to spend a lot of time with friends and family, maybe people that you uh, are uncomfortable with? We're going to explore all that, and we want to thank the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services for sponsoring this podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Kara Sundland. So what do you do if you find yourself trapped in an uncomfortable holiday conversation? Does the thought of seeing certain family members actually stress you out? Well, here now with five steps to handle a tough talk is emotional health coach and best-selling author, Dr. Nita Bruchan. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Nita, I know your new book. I love the new title, too, uh, that's coming out uh, a little later in the new year. That sucked. Now what? How to embrace the joy and chaos and find magic in the mess. So we'll have to wait for the book. But right now, you're tackling a tough thing. I, I don't know that there's a person out there that doesn't have a little bit of angst about maybe someone at the Thanksgiving table. And you say we actually can handle this with five points. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we have to remember we're only in that time capsule, that little container with them over Thanksgiving dinner for probably what, two to three hours. So we want to make the most of it, right? We don't want to, we shouldn't have to dread it. But I think when we come from a place of love, when we come from a place of compassion, when we come from a place of even curiosity, we put our little Sherlock Holmes hat on. And instead of coming from a place of judgment, we can say, okay, I'm curious about this. Let me, number one, ask for permission. Ask for permission to bring up a conversation, bring up a topic, you know, may I give you some feedback or may I bring that thing up that we never finished, you know, three months ago, four months ago, Um, because maybe it feels really important for you. And then, so that's step number one. And number two, if it's usually something that, someone has perhaps there was you know a small trigger or feelings were hurt and usually feelings are hurt we can probably just say and state the facts you know a lot of times we go into open wounds that were five years ago or 10 years ago or the time that they didn't make it to a softball game or the time that you know they didn't reply back to an email that was so important to you you want to make sure that you're just stating the facts yeah. I really wanted you to be there for my daughter's recital and you weren't there. That made me feel, so that's number one, state the facts, right? That they don't do this all the time. You're not never there for me or you're not always, um, you know, on time. But we're just stating the facts of what happened in that kind of container and situation. Right. So, and after that, you say sharing your feelings. I, I think we go back to Psych 101 where we use the I statement, right? Of, uh, I feel embarrassed or I felt unimportant when you didn't respond to that email. Somehow that can lessen it rather than you did this, you did that. Well, absolutely. I think when we're just stating our own feelings, you know, imagine if it's Aunt Carol or Uncle Billy who probably hasn't had Psych 101 and they take it personally when you say, well, I, I, you know, you didn't, you didn't show up at this party that we threw or whatever it was. They would take it personally, but if you're just sharing, hey, I really wanted us to get together and that really meant a lot to me. So when you didn't show up, I I really felt unsupported or that really, that made me feel hurt. 
And so I think that when we're coming from that vulnerability place Uh of not attacking, but even in the tonality of the way that we're bringing it up can often diffuse a situation to make it a little bit more calming. Uh, And of course, from a place of care and concern instead of judgment and attack. It's, I mean, and it's it's kind of hard. You might want to practice this, I guess, before the conversation. Um, it, it, well, yeah, actually, yeah, I, I wanted you do to that, share. You know, what if you're if, just if angry? This is something that those you know, those going to uh, you know homes for the first time in a in a long time, uh, seeing family members for a long time, where you're feeling anxious and you're feeling anxiety about. Oh, I don't know if I should bring it up. Maybe you can practice it in the mirror, write it down on a little post-it note and write down, okay, I felt this way. And it's going to sound so silly, but I think when we actually write it down, when we're actually practicing it, saying it out loud, it lessens the blow and it makes it a little bit easier for somebody else on the receiving end to be okay with that. Yeah. And that you also say proposing a resolution. Perhaps you're going to say, uh, I guess, how you would want this to happen the next time or propose a solution. Right. So so when I talk about so the step number 4 is when we propose a resolution. So if you sense that things are getting heated, we obviously want to table the conversation and say, you know what, I love you and I think we we should probably circle back on this some other time. Or you can say, "Hey, how about this? I would love if we can get something on the calendar to just spend some time talking about it. What if we did and or what if I just send you an invite, an email invite or a text and remind you to, you know, do this thing with me every month. Would that be okay with you, right? Getting them a buy-in, getting them an agreement. And usually for our elders or our parents, people that we love, they're less likely to react because we're just coming from a place of, hey, I want to spend more time with you or I want to spend more time with you on this and not talking about, you know, politics or anything else that's coming up. I just want that quality time with you. Would you be okay with that? Yeah. Okay. So I, I like the idea. I, I, I'm, I'm sensing I'm, I'm a mother of teens, so I'm saying it works with teens too. <laughs> One thousand percent. I think that's the best way to get a buy-in. Hey, Jimmy, I'd love to take you out for lunch. Mom and I, you know, can we set something on the calendar once a month? Uh, Does three thirty or four thirty work? Okay, all right, you know. And so when we're getting yes ands, yes ands, it's it's easier for them, and it's I think it's it's definitely better for the brain as well that we're making incremental progress. Yeah. And I know some of you might be saying, well, what happens when they don't agree to it and they just yell back at you? We'll get to that in a moment. But the, the final step would be um, coming to agreement where I guess both of you are going to approve this resolution resolution or just agree to discuss it another time if you're getting heated. Yes, I think it's also, you know, the ability to agree to disagree. And this works well if people are bringing up conversation topics that perhaps maybe you don't want to weigh in or you want to shy away from. You can say, hey, you know, I would I I, I can see that you're so passionate about this and I just want to just we can agree to disagree on it. I think it's okay to practice our agency in creating a boundary because many times with closest family members, our boundaries get really entangled. And if we can say, Hey, I think, I think, and I know that this is so important for you, but I'm just not feeling called to really share right now. 
that should be okay. But finding an agreement means also that, hey, you know, we're not really finished talking about this. Why don't we go out for a walk next week? Does that sound okay for you? Uh, and so again, it's that buy-in of proposing different solutions, but at, ultimately you also want them to weigh in on it and say, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Or absolutely, let's let's table this conversation. And what you know, what new show on Netflix are you are you watching recently? And and change it so that the conversation becomes a little bit lighter and and more joyful. I mean, there are some people, aren't there, that you just aren't going to have a good conversation with, and that um, you just you know it it it, it turns nasty sometimes. And I don't know then the strategy, do you use these steps or do you practice? I've heard of another strategy where you just practice the, the black rock. Like you're basically just describing things that don't matter. Like, oh, that's so nice. Oh, the weather's so good. You really are just trying to avoid any kind of controversial conversation because maybe you just know it's not going to work. You know, I think that so many times people shy away from uncomfortable conversations. And I think that we can lean into it. I think that the issue is, is whoever is initiating that uncomfortable conversation, or if you are in the heat of the moment with somebody else that's trying to attack or trying to provoke you, you know that emotional regulation 101, and I'll give you a, a quick tip, is to put your hand over your heart to actually breathe. And what this does is it actually provides you to not fight, flight, or freeze, right? Because that's the cortisol increasing in our body, but it's activating your rest and digest system. Mm. So it allows you to say, oh, okay, I'm going to take a breath, maybe two or three. And usually when we breathe three times, we activate our parasympathetic system. So we're not reacting, you know, as if a bear is going to come and chase us. <laughs> and we can probably know in our minds, okay, is, is this something that I really want to engage in right now? Or you can politely say, I'm going to excuse myself and I'm going to uh, go to the bathroom or grab some more mashed potatoes and gravy. What can I get you? Or you can also, if somebody is just constantly pushing and you're like, I don't really want to get into this conversation, or I know it's probably not going to end well, you can just simply lean in. And a lot of times, 60% of our body cues and our body language is, is, you know, is nonverbal, right? And you can just simply lean in and say, hey, I, I really understand that this topic is so important for you. I just, I, we're only here for a couple of hours. I would love for us to just enjoy our time together. What else has been happening in your life? And there's an easy way to deflect it where we can calm the storm with our intonation, with what we're sharing and the voice in the, you know, calming aspects of our voice sometimes where it doesn't need to be triggering or, you know, creating a, a ruckus of some sort. Yeah, and a lot of this is going to be self-practice because um, I think sometimes uh, those of us who have short triggers, you're, you're already triggered and then you're already in it. So I love the put your hand on your heart, uh, the bathroom, maybe planning your escape. What are you going to do when you see that person and you start getting triggered? Like how much of this should be done ahead of time? Or should you ask the host, like, don't sit me next to that person? <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, you know, these are all amazing tips and ideas. Absolutely. If it's something that you are definitely avoiding where it's causing you some anxiety beforehand, or, you know, you just don't want it to get out of hand, you can probably, you know, just make a request before the family dinner and see who the host is and ask them, hey, I'd probably not want to sit next to, you know, Aunt Joe this time around or, or what have you. But I also think the best way to grow is through some of these conversations. If you know you can actually um, direct it in the way that's going to be fruitful for both parties. It doesn't always happen in that way. And so that's why you're probably best off to excuse yourself, change the topic. And, you know, I have so many different ways to do so. There's a really quick tip. If you want to stay away from, you know, big conversations, what we can't, what you can do is give somebody a prompt and have a list of four questions and say, Hey, we haven't seen each other in a really long time. What I'd love to do this year is blank. And you can have, there's two questions that I think would be perfect for every single dinner table. But the first one is, all right, I want everybody to go around and just share what is something that you know, you're know you excited about? Have you been excited about this year? Or what's something that you learned from this year? And so have everyone go around and take one or two minutes to share uh, because that kind of offsets things and it kind of creates a container of humanity. You know, we've all learned through something or been through something. The other question that is a really good one uh, that I always recommend is what is something that you've been through that's been challenging lately? Because I think a lot of times that brings the vulnerability and curiosity and even just authentically what the conversations can arise and it'll share and, and open the container that, hey, you know what? Uncle Jimmy is sharing? Oh, wow. Okay, well, then I'll share too because it doesn't sound so awkward or weird. Uh, and there's so many other um, prompts that I can I can give you as well. But to keep it fun and if you want to keep it real. But I think the, the matter of what I want you all to grab from this is you can actually create that and it could be a blank slate and you can create it to whatever you want and to direct the conversation so that it's lighthearted instead of um, heavy and, and conflict oriented. Right. And as co-founder of the Global Grit Institute, you've actually helped a lot of people move past heartbreaks, failures, disappointments, but the idea that we would even want to have these conversations and use the five points we talked about um, makes us more resilient than just walking away and saying, I'm not going to talk. Absolutely. I think most of us would rather, and you know, this happened in my household growing up, I'm sure it happened in yours, but we shove things under a rug. We're like, Ooh, not going to talk about that. You know, we only have two hours, which is great, right? That might work in some scenarios. But what if we had a different way? And these five points are just one way of saying, hey, may I share some feedback with you? You can pull somebody aside alone. It doesn't have to be, you know, splayed out in front of everyone, but pull somebody aside and actually share with them one-on-one -on -one, or perhaps, you know, bring it out into the surface by having your own question cues. You could probably think of three or four, but have it on a note card. And it could even be a fun game where you can write all of them out. And maybe it's a question that everybody has, you know, at the dinner table and then everyone goes in and shares. But I think that's where we 
deepen our conversations even more, especially when we're only seeing them once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah. And I like the idea of having some structured activities that'll try to ease your anxiety of you know that you're going to ask these questions. And certainly we're all used to what are you grateful for? But these are some great ways to add the um, to add other layers. I got to ask the politics question. This came up a little bit earlier when we were talking about um, this on Great Day Connecticut, that there are in the last few years, people are really uh, having issues with really close friends and family over politics. Now, we know the old saying, you don't talk politics or religion. But how do you get around the tricky political question, given that this is going to be happening Thanksgiving just a week after some very heated midterm elections? Yeah, I mean, it's it, this is huge. You know, I think that more often now than anything else, again, we can shove it under a rug, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I would say expect that that will come up. And I think once we, number one, expect that some of these conversations will come up, we're actually more prepared. And I think that, you know, with a lot of the division and things like that, that can come up within family members because of politics what you can knowing what you've learned in you know our time together is you can be the one that leads from a place of compassion and say you know what i really think that your viewpoint is you know it, that's amazing that that is your perspective you know there's two ways to go about it tell me more right because that's the curiosity lens that's you know putting our little sherlock holmes hat on and saying hmm okay i want to know more about this maybe you'll learn new perspective maybe you'll learn something else that you didn't already know right and i think it's fair and it is so healthy in relationship to agree to disagree we've just not been able to really build that muscle anymore it's either black or white but i think that these are amazing prompts for conversations to okay lean into that discomfort how does that actually make you feel does it make you feel triggered so it's it's also building our own self-awareness in this practice because it is a spiritual practice maybe or even just our own tuning into building our resiliency practice of somebody's going to say things that i don't necessarily agree with how does that make me feel okay number one and number two how can i create this safe environment that it's okay for them to share instead of you know shutting them down because I want to feel like I'm always right and they're always wrong. You know, if you already know better, then perhaps maybe we can create a safe environment for our family members to share without judgment, without any sort of you're wrong and I'm right. But in just saying, okay, I appreciate your viewpoint. I don't necessarily agree with that but i appreciate where you're coming from thank you so much for sharing so you want to you want to acknowledge them with where they're at you want to provide a little bit of compassion number two and three thank them for sharing their viewpoint because all we want at the end of the day is we want to feel heard mm. we want to feel understood and many times with our family members, that's why a lot of it comes up to the surface because we are the closest in that dynamic with so many different layers. And so that can be a practice in and of itself, how to practice being okay, sitting in the discomfort. And many times you might not agree, you might not agree with it at all. And to be okay with that, right? That's what, you know, that suck now what is all about is to sit in the discomfort of the suck and say, okay, I don't agree with that, but 
thank you for sharing. And, and that is a practice because if you've never done that before, you're immediately going to get triggered. You're immediately going to say, well, absolutely not. You're wrong or I'm right. And does it really need to be that way? I don't know. I think that in this day and age, maybe we can make some room for sitting in that space and see what perhaps maybe what else can come up. Yeah. Yeah. So just to review in our, as we close out our time together, the five steps, and I know the book is coming out. Um, it's that suck. Now what? How to embrace the joy and chaos and find magic in the mess. That's going to be coming out in the new year. So everyone can look for it, but, um, you want to, uh, ask for permission. That's something new state the facts. Let's not go back to what we did in third grade, share your feelings. Remember those I statements, propose a resolution and come to an agreement. For those of you who are watching on our streaming channel, WFC plus, you see, those on the screen um, might want to uh, just jot those down and remember. But I, I think the theme that you're saying, um, Nita, I love is that we even just now as Thanksgiving is coming up, it's just a good time to maybe um, give a little preparation to this so that we can maybe do things differently than we've done them in the past and have a more joyous time. Absolutely. It's so easy to get triggered, but maybe this is the hard thing that we have to do is be okay in not agreeing and stating that we don't agree, but we're not going to turn it into a fight. We're going to come with grace and compassion and empathy for those we love. That would be great if Congress did the same thing. Just agree to disagree, right? <laughs> They need this book, too. You <laughs> can send it to Washington. All right. Uh, for more information, um, you can visit NitaBushan.com. It's on the screen right there. Um, and it's N-E-E-T-A-B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com for those who are listening uh, or on Instagram at Nita Bushan. All the info on your screen. Follow for when the book comes out. In the meantime, you've got your five secret tips to uh, go have a great holiday season. <laughs> Absolutely. And you could actually go directly to thatsuckednowwhat.com. Even easier. Oh, thatsuckednowwhat.com. There you go. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you so much, doctor. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays. You too. Hope everyone has uh, peaceful times out there. And thanks for being here for Kara's Cures. If you want more information on the cutting edge of wellness, you can, of course, follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I like to share this content there. Uh, if this inspired you, be sure to subscribe to the Kara's Cures podcast, like and share it um, so your friends and loved ones can hear this too. You can all practice your skills together. Have a great day, everyone, and be well.